This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about disability at work, and much of the discussion has centered around the 61 million adults in the U.S. that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention classifies as disabled. This is a significant part of the population, about one in four Americans. And despite the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, being in place for nearly 30 years, most companies are still behind in building inclusive workplaces for people with disabilities. There is still a lot of work to be done for people with long-term disabilities, but there is another group that is fighting a different battle, those with short-term or temporary disabilities. According to Simply Insurance, nearly 6% of Americans will experience a short-term disability each year, and around 40% of those people will have their applications for disability insurance denied. That may be due in part because what classifies as a short-term disability and who is eligible to take time off from work is complicated to navigate. Short-term disability is an insurance benefit that usually provides a fraction of your income, about 50 or 60%, for a limited time. That usually is capped at about six months. It's designed to cover a non-job-related injury or illness that makes a person unable to work. Injury that does happen at work should be covered by workers' compensation, not short-term disability. The catch is that most employers aren't actually required to provide short-term disability coverage. There are only five states where it is a mandate, California, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island. But many employers choose to offer coverage because they receive a federal tax deduction if they do. Broadly speaking, there isn't one standard definition for short-term disability, which can make things really tricky for workers. The general parameters are that short-term disability is something that makes someone unable to do their job, like pregnancy or childbirth, major surgery or an illness or accident that requires frequent treatment. But because there is so much gray area, many people find themselves unable to work but battling to try to keep their jobs and retain a portion of their income. Take pregnancy and childbirth, for example. The Pregnancy Discrimination Act of 1978 prohibits discrimination based on pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions. But if someone is passed over for advancement or demoted or fired, it can be a long, expensive, and often losing process for an employee to try to prove that the pregnancy or birth itself was the reason. For an example of what the process is like, read Pavithra Mohan's interview with Chelsea Glasson, who sued Google for pregnancy discrimination last year. We've put a link to that article in the show notes. Since the U.S. still doesn't have paid parental leave, many women try to use short-term disability coverage to patch together maternity leave. But that, too, comes with complications. Again, it depends on the individual company's plans. Many plans offer different amounts of time for vaginal birth versus a C-section, and some employers exclude maternity leave from their short-term disability plan altogether. 
all of which is perfectly legal so long as the company isn't outright telling an employee that they are fired because they gave birth. A company can require that a woman come back to work when they are technically physically able to, even if it is still unhealthy for them to do so. Pavithra has also reported on the small but growing number of COVID-19 long haulers, people who have symptoms of COVID-19 that last months or longer. Since the long-term effects of the illness are still so unknown, proving it even to doctors can be hard. As she said, quote, it can be especially difficult for employers to state their case to their companies if they haven't been hospitalized or don't have a positive test result for the virus, end quote. Which means that COVID-19 long haulers might end up with symptoms like constant body aches or brain fog, but because their illness isn't understood or believed, they might end up losing their jobs if they're unable to work. Mental health can also fit into disability and temporary disability, but mental illness is often overlooked and underdiagnosed in the U.S. It's technically protected under the ADA and conditions like postpartum depression can even be considered short-term disabilities. But again, it's an area that's misunderstood by many employers and puts a large burden of proof on an employee who is already suffering. As more companies are looking at how to build a more inclusive workplace and therefore a more happy and productive workforce, which also breeds a more successful and profitable business, they need to take into consideration the needs of the people who do the work. A complicated patchwork system that puts undue burden of proof on people at times when they are already in distress isn't the way to get there. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. If you like this episode, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen.